Some people are just trash communicators, and those people have trash relationships. This is episode 23. Cue the theme song. Hey Rebel, welcome to Untoxify Your Relationship. Here we will talk about all things healthy and how to get that toxic mess out of you and your partnership. I'm your host, Melissa Webb, a practicing licensed mental health therapist with 10 years experience. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. Hey y'all, it's your girls, episode 23. And today I am going to talk about how your words can make or break your relationship. So I almost didn't record an episode because some things happened this past week and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break (laughs) because I was hurt that someone told me some things that was very hurtful. So hurtful that I was like, I don't want to do nothing. I just kind of like want to lay in bed and do nothing. That's how hurtful it was. But I wanted to use this moment as a teachable moment for everybody who listens, for all my listeners, my audience, because words can give life or they can kill your relationship. And what happened to me, someone who's very close to me told me some very mean things, which literally destroyed their relationship for me. There is no coming back. Will I forgive? Absolutely. Will I get as close as I was? absolutely died. And that's because the words that this person used literally destroyed the relationship. So today we're going to talk about how our words have power and how we can use that power for good and also how it gets used for evil and how Christians need to do better and be ambassadors for Christ. And we're going to talk about what an ambassador looks like. So let's get into it. A lot of information today is coming from this book I have. It's called Relationships, A Mess Worth Making, and it's by Timothy Lane and Paul David Tripp. Paul David Tripp be writing some phenomenal books, and this book is really good. It talks about relationships and the biblical truth that goes with relationships. And so one of the chapters is talking about communication. And I'm like, this is perfect for this. Like majority of the information is coming from the book. I'm just throwing my little two cents in and sprinkling my Melissa magic on it. So first things first, our words have power. Eugene Peterson has this quote that says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So we have to know that our words can kill. You can literally crush someone with your words. If you use words that are angry or hurtful, or if you're being selfish or bitter, the feelings that you have and the words that come from that feeling can definitely hurt someone. I am guilty of this. Back when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, and I did childish things. Because I was the person who did not care how I talked to people. And a lot of my words came from that, just this I don't care type of attitude. As I got older, I definitely stopped doing that. I'm not that person anymore. Uh, But I had to come back for everything. If you talk to me the wrong way, I can talk to you wrong too. And I'm always win. Um, That's just who I was back in my 20s. And was it a good look? 
No, but people knew not to mess with me. But then people also looked at me as a bully at times. And so I didn't like that. So I had to change that about myself. And the reason I think I talked to people crazy was because I was very fearful. When I was younger, I was bullied. And so I figured if I can beat people to the punches, then I won't get bullied anymore. As I got older, you know, I got slimmer, I got thicker, I got cuter. So I thought I was cute, so I was feeling myself. And so therefore, I definitely did some mean things to people and said some rude things to people. And I'm sorry to those people who are hurt. Now I know better. And one thing that helped me was going to therapy and realizing that I need to get my stuff together and a therapist helped me. We also need to know that words give life. So you can uplift and encourage someone with your words. So that is, you know, you can give someone love, insight, hope, as a therapist, this is my job. When people come into the therapy room with me and they are feeling down or discouraged or sad or whatever the case may be, even they, they can be unsure. I am the person that gives them encouragement of like, you're doing a good job. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't see nothing wrong. You're doing great. Those are some of the things I like to say in therapy, not to appease people, but really to encourage. So we have to know that whatever words that we say, we are producing some type of harvest. And that harvest is going to be poison or it's going to be fruit. In Proverbs 18:21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that is so true. That's why I say, whoever you are talking to, your partner, make sure you're giving them life and not death. And that's how you kill your relationship because whatever you say or how you say it, can definitely make or break your relationship and you also make your partner feel inadequate. We need to realize that our words belong to God. The first words that were ever spoken were by God. He said, let there be light. He invented the language. He invented language. This is a God invention. Like they say, God invented sex, God invented language. Language is not a human invention to be used in whatever way that serves our interests. It exists for God's glory. So whatever comes out of our mouth should give glory to God. So that means that we should not be using words to be killing relationships or putting down people. We should be really using our words to up, uplift people and situations. We can't use words as we please. Let's not be careless with our words. In Matthew 12 and 36 and 37, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. This is Jesus talking. So in other words, you need to speak good about people and glorify God because you're going to have to give account of every careless word that you say that comes out of your mouth on judgment day. And we know that when we start to speak ill of people or we start to put people down and like this mean, hurtful language is coming out, that's a hard issue because whatever's in your heart will definitely come flowing out of your mouth. And we're going to talk more about that a little later because I'm getting ahead of myself, but that is definitely a hard issue. So put a pin in that. The other thing we need to know is that the world of talk 
is a world of trouble. In James third chapter, second verse, it says, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. So we know no one is perfect and everyone has said something that has hurt someone. We need to ask God for forgiveness and his grace. We have all used our words senselessly and we've all used them for evil at some point. So we are all guilty for turning this gift of communication to a weapon. And that is why we need to always ask God for forgiveness. And we know that we cannot do this in our own strength. In Philippians 4 and 13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So we need to, if this is something that you struggle with, having language that is harsh and hurtful and harmful to people, I advise you to ask God to help you and give you strength to use better words and to help you to see what it is that you need to unlearn to learn how to speak to people in a better way. And finally, we know word problems are heart problems. In Luke 6, chapter 45th verse, It says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We need to do a heart check. We need to do a heart check. We know that evil, unresolved trauma, unforgiveness, mean-spirited will come out in your speech. How to change the heart? Well, you need to ask God to reveal your heart to you. And that, guess what? That is a dangerous prayer to pray. Like, Lord, reveal whatever is in my heart that needs to be fixed. Because God's going to reveal some things that needs to be fixed and if those things are not fixed, you will stay stuck in whatever season you're in until they get fixed because you can't go forward unless you fix some things. And whatever it is needed to be fixed, that is for growth. That is for you to grow and to be a better person than what you are. And there is a huge difference between growth and change. You can change for a day and then go back to who you were. Growth is a journey and a commitment. Like when you are committed to growth, you are committed to doing the work. You are committed to going to therapy or seeing your and or seeing your pastor or a mentor to help you with moving forward. I always tell my clients, especially my couples, hey, your partner changed. That's great. Let's see if it's growth because Growth is so different from change. And I want people to understand, like, if you decide to grow, then you're making a commitment. If you decide to change, change can be for a day. So let's, let's, let's strive for growth and not change. So then the book goes and tells us how to fix our communication. It tells us what to do next to fix our communication. And they take this from 2 Corinthians 5th chapter 21st where it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. They come up with this idea of like, we are ambassadors. And we know ambassadors are people who are representative of, say, a king or a representative of the 
or of a country, we have ambassadors in the United Nations, which basically means that any of the U.S. ambassadors, they represent the United States. So in this case, we are ambassadors for Christ. So we represent Jesus Christ. And when it says reconciliation in the scripture, that's mean God's intent is that we would no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and was risen again. So God's intent is that we do not live for ourselves, but we live and serve God. So when we speak, we are creating something. So we're either speaking as a mini king, which is seeking to establish our own will and in our own relationship, our circumstances, or we are speaking as an ambassador, which means we are speaking to be part of what the King Jesus Christ is doing. So we're either going to be self-focused in our talk, or we're going to be working towards doing what God's God wants us to do. And we, we when we are self-focused instead of God's work of reconciliation, that means there is no end to our struggle. We're going to always struggle in relationship. We're going to always struggle with our communication. And we're going to always struggle to have that connection with someone because we're going to always be self-seeking. And when we're self-seeking, that's selfish. And we get nowhere when we are selfish. How do we speak like an ambassador? Paul helps us in Ephesians 4, 29 through 30. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So the first point is the words of an ambassador are always other centered. And this goes with that part that says only what is helpful for building others up in that scripture. First thing is we need to know that my words should be shaped more by your interest than my own interest. So I should be more interested in you than I should be of myself. Have you ever been in a relationship or even conversation with someone where all they did was talk about themselves and their problems and their needs. Like you can't even get a word and you just like, well, why am I even here? <laughs> That's what that only focusing on yourself looks like. Also words to build a person up. We should not be using words that's going to tear people down. And you need to realize what you say and how you say it. The second part is an ambassador's words always address the person's true needs in the moment. So my words should be shaped by your needs. So that can look like, what is the problem at this moment? Something I like to tell my clients to use is, what do you need in the moment? How can I help you right now? What's the best thing I can do for you now, right? It's focusing on them and what their needs are instead of focusing on your needs, which maybe I don't need to listen to you. But as a partner, you see your partner struggling or even just in the morning time, just when you wake up like, hey, babe, what do you need from me right now? That's serving and serving is fine. You can serve your partner. Third thing is an ambassador seeks to speak the right thing in the best way. So we need to focus on the best way to say what needs to be said. 
also in the manner in which they are spoken. Here's what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't confront your partner five minutes before they leave for work because that's not helpful to have a conversation um, or rebuking your partner for an offense in front of others is also not helpful. Another thing that's not helpful is asking your husband to consider how you hurt him as he is trying to get sleep is also not helpful. So being able to know when is the best time to bring up something. Something I tell folks in therapy is say, hey, when is the best time we can talk about whatever the situation is and pick a time, hopefully within the next two days that you all can talk or discuss the situation. If you need a break, if you all are talking, I always say, take take a break because I know sometimes when people are having these tough conversations, they end up getting triggered or overwhelmed and then they end up saying mean things that can hurt their partner. If you need a break, say, I need a break. And when can we come back to this conversation? We need to know that our relationship should have wholesome talk. When we fail to have that, then that's when our relationships can turn toxic. So back to my story from the beginning, when this person said the mean things that they said to me. I mean, yes, the relationship was already toxic. That's why I was on my way out, heading out of it. Um, but then that's, that was just like the icing on the cake that just was like, all right, cool. That's Jesus. Don't want me here. I'm out <laughs> because what I'm not going to do is stick around in toxic relationships just to appease someone's feelings. That's what I'm not going to do. When we decide to have unwholesome talk in our relationships, we are literally choosing to have bad relationships. And I'm going to leave with something that the book says, which I thought was very profound. And I was like, ooh, child, this, I got to tell somebody this. This last part of the, the scripture was says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When you and I speak as many kings to get our own way, our words are unhelpful and untimely. Not only do we hurt and grieve other people, we also grieve the Lord. This kind of talk completely obstructs what he wants to do in and through us in our relationships. In other words, we gotta not be self-centered when we talk. When we have unwholesome talk, we are misrepresenting Christ and this is not how Christ wants our relationships to go. I believe God wants us to have the best relationships and the best relationship with him. I'll almost ask you, and this just popped up in my head, it's not even in my notes, how you talk to your partner or anyone in relationships, that's the same way you talk to God because you and God is a, are, you know, a majority, yeah, that's a relationship. So I almost wonder, and this is something that you can think about, how I talk to people, is that the same way I talk to God? Or what I have in my heart towards people, is that what I have in my heart towards God? Because I feel like your reflection of how you treat people is a reflection of how you treat God. So that is just something just to think about. I'm going to leave with this last scripture, Philippians 2 and 4. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We need to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, even though it's not in Christ, we just need to love each other. The world would be so much better if we learn 
how to use our words for good instead of evil. And you know what? I definitely support therapy because I, I mean, I support therapy one, because I'm a therapist and two, I know it works. You'd be surprised at how much stuff is there that you didn't even know was there. So if you are struggling to talk to people or have conversations with others, or you know that you did this whole heart check and you checked your heart and you prayed about it and God is revealing some things in you that you need to fix, I wholeheartedly support therapy and hope you support therapy. If you don't support therapy, at least go talk to someone pastor a deacon a spiritual mama somebody to at least get all that gunk and junk up out of you so that way you can have better healthier relationships so that's my two cents and i'm done and i'm out thanks for listening again episodes drop every monday go ahead and tell everybody about this podcast tell your uncle your auntie and cousin and them share like subscribe And as always, stay classy, stay non-toxic, and I will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and share this episode with your family and friends. Don't forget to check out the quiz to figure out what your toxic trait is. The link is in the show notes. Thank you and see you next time.